Right. Um, 69. Uh, Wes Craven. <laughs> Brainstorm. Um, uh, I, I'm trying to think. It might be funny if we leave Wes Craven out of this. Here's, <laughs> there he <laughs> um, Done. lied to all these years. Uh-huh. You get pregnant from the old 69. Um, no. What but if Wes involved? In a funny turn of events, you could. Then you have a mouth baby. <laughs> now let me tell you, mouth babies... In a funny turn of events, you can, yes. <laughs> now, no one knows how. Mouth babies, uh, not as cute. It's my favorite metal band from the 80s. Yeah. Steve Bon Jovi and the Ralph, and the Ralph Babies. Yeah, Steve, the, uh, babies, yeah. Steve Bon Jovi was not as good of a uh, guitarist as John Bon Jovi. I did like him better in the Mickey Mouse Club when he's little Stevie Bon Jovi. Right, right. The Mouth Babies. Stevie, Cubby, <laughs> Little Van Halen. <laughs> You're not there. <laughs> ah, fuck you. <laughs> anyway, their cover of Living on a Prayer was terrible. So, 69, hey, I- Logan, episode 69 of the podcast. Uh, what do we do for this show? Um, drag me to hell, no. Mm-mm. My soul to hell, no. Drag my soul to hell, am I getting closer? Uh, no, I'm looking for My drag Soul my to soul Take to in take. 3D by Wes Craven. And I say that because this movie was almost impossible to find, not in 3D, and yet it was yeah. not shot in 3D. From all my research, it was not available in 2D. There were no 2D prints of this sent out. However, you're saying up there where you have AMC theaters, mm-hmm. I believe? Yeah, they. According to the website I used for tickets, there were some 2D showings, but none of them were that close. So I went to 3D because it was more convenient. But it was also 15 bucks, and yeah, uh, you could very easily tell this movie was not meant for 3D. But we'll get into I that paid, in a sec. I paid 13. 13. Because uh, I wasn't Ryan. They didn't charge me the extra Ryan fee. The Ryan tax. Ryan tax. They didn't charge me that, the Kevin Smith extra seat on the plane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right. Although, I, I, I read pick... Kevin Smith doing like some tour for his birthday where he just talks about smoking pot the whole time. Uh, I would believe it. I'm not sure exactly what you're talking about. He has about 11 different podcasts, so it's probably one of those. Okay. Uh, I listen to them all, so I'm part of the problem, but you know. <laughs> you got to be part of the Kevin Smith solution, Ryan. Less planes. Sounds like a little bit <laughs> fewer planes. <laughs> fewer planes than Kevin solution? Smith. <laughs> uh, um, so, yeah, this movie it's, it was definitely like a badly done post-conversion thing. Totally. Um, this was... Like this has been confirmed. Let's not, not say that, badly done. Let's say barely done. Barely done is a good way of putting it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, there's nothing 3D to begin with, mm-hmm. so it's, I, there's nothing possibly ever flying at you or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't have a title anywhere. You know, it, the my soul to take in 3D is never shows up anywhere besides the poster, mm-hmm. uh, which claims instead of the trailer that Wes Craven's going to take me closer to terror than ever before, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Well, um, maybe than she ever usually he does. This when he makes another movie. Right. So the fact that it's in 3D, I think, is just a side thing, maybe. Right, right, right. I, I mean, this, you know, speaking of the actual official title within the movie, it's a really funny, like, um, he kind of went through Word and just picked out his favorite font. <laughs> you know and it just randomly pops up. There's nothing else. It's just, you kind of get the uh, production logos, and it's just, like, soul to take. And it's kind of, like, cute looking, too. That's true. It does sort of look like, um, it actually looks like a sort of 
the Tim Burton nursery rhyme type font. Like right, it's right. a little dark, but you know, mostly she's a little girl who has butt and fries. You know, that kind of a thing. Butt fries. She has a butt fries. I was sort of going. Yeah, okay. I drifted into Coraline. I'm sorry. My, my least favorite of the fry kids. Butt fries. <laughs> no, not butt fries. Never mind. All right. Uh, but you're right. But commonly, like you said, on uh, Wes Craven taking me closer to 3D than I've ever been before. Closer to fear. Closer to fear than I've ever been before. Yeah, 3D, like he took me to a 3D movie. Yeah. And that's the closest I've ever been with Wes Craven. I bought you a ticket to a 3D movie. He made, he made a move on me during the day, too. Um, it's completely not true. In fact, this movie is barely a horror movie. For, like, most that's of it, true. it's like a weird, like, Degrassi Junior High it episode. Really is. It's like a Nickelodeon special. It, it is. It's seriously, it's like Heathers, though, in a way, too, but not in, like, a... It's, oddly enough, it's, it's less of a, like, horror movie than Heathers were. Like, people were at least dying there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't get that here. Um, it's weird because it's obvious. I don't think he ever. Okay, you know, people say like he had the touch in the '80s, right? Mm-hmm. He never had the touch personally, especially not in the '70s when he's making like the real crap. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had to group this with something, by the way, it'd definitely be more of his '70s crap. I think. Well, there wasn't enough rape, but okay. But <laughs> it's true, or, or country banjo type music. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's if he ever had the knack for knowing teenagers and dialogue and the way they act in the '80s. Um, I'm curious. I'm, I'm tempted to think he never did. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's rather obvious in this. He's not talked to a teenager in some 30 odd years. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, he doesn't quite know how they actually act, how they talk. Um, he kind of he dumbs them way down, first of all. But second, he feels like they need some sort of caste system, too. Yeah. Uh, they have this weird society going on in high school that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Right, so Wes Craven's uh, teenagers are in this weird sort of animal farm kind of a, like a like yes. setup yeah. in a way where it's. Um, it's it's like he's trying to make some sort of weird comment about um, different like hierarchies of coolness or whatever. But like he made too much time doing it in a horror movie. Oh, exactly. But it's like he actually has it where like uh, oh this this jock actually works for the popular girl and like dishes out punishments based on what she says and like uh, is like an employee and then they want to find out what's going on. So like they hide a, a cell phone in the bathroom where they have their official like. You know, daily meeting of what's like have running the school where they like have a guard at the bathroom door so no one can get in. Like it's some oh sort of God. weird mob parallel, like, and yes. like literally for like thirty minutes, and you're like, is anyone gonna die? Right, right, right. I, I listen. I saw this on an episode of Boy Meets World. I don't need to see it in this movie. You know, it actually does they, remind me of an episode of Boy Meets World. Pr- pretty much exactly any of that stuff. And you know, it's. Uh, I'm not stop Boy Meets World because I, I seriously think Boy Meets World is a hilarious well, show. Sure. This movie's just as funny. As Boy Meets World? As Boy Meets World, like, not on purpose, though. Oh, right. Um, but, you know, it even, like, tries to, when it's trying to be funny, it's not, like, they even, what you're talking about, he hides his phone. They even have this weird, like, comedy setup of him having to go in there and get it. And she comes in when he does, and, like, he falls in a toilet or something stupid. Yeah. And then just cuts to the next thing. Like, that doesn't even work into the plot all. I guess that was just supposed to be a joke of some sort? I don't even know. Well, there, at the beginning, there's a little bit of a, there's some, there's some scary stuff at the beginning. Not scary, but supposed to be. Uh, and and there's some great super cheesy horror stuff at the beginning, like way over the top. And I'm like, this is gonna be great because it was just absolutely terrible over the top. But like in, in one span of about three minutes, we have you know guy going crazy with a knife, saying like really dumb one-liners, a lot of you know I'm about to shoot you and I'm gonna say something hilarious type stuff. And then it ends that little section with like a woman talking about voodoo and how he might come yes, back to life. And exactly. I'm like, this is the perfect '80s horror movie. And by perfect, I mean terrible. Uh, unfortunately, the rest of it is West funny. Craven. Yeah, the rest of it's funny in a very different way. Um, but uh, the the other thing that really makes it not a horror movie is that you know how. Um, 
the first victim Logan in a horror movie always gets killed in a very like off camera subtlety kind of way, right? Um, like you don't get to actually see like the full on you know creature or monster right, right. or killer yet. It's sort of like you get an indication, a really mm-hmm. quick cut cut of the death, and then he's done. Whereas later. Once we've like seen a little more of him, it's like you get more of like a longing, lingering shot on you know the knife or like the wound or like a a more drawn out sort of chase or something like that. Uh, but that never actually builds up at all. Every kill in this movie is almost uh, completely off camera. Yes, that's true. Well, it's because the Ripper is the most retarded character of all time, Ryan. Oh yeah. It's think of um a fat fanboy makes a Chewbacca. And maybe some Rob Zombie thrown in. And that's the Ripper. Yeah. Um, and he has this... Okay, so uh, I, this is one I want to like... This I really wish I'd seen this with you because I wanted to ask you this question. Right? What's the first thing the Ripper says when he's running at the guy on the bridge? Because it sounds just like... I swear I'm not making this up. Faggity Ripper. Like, Faggity that's his, like, Ripper? His, yeah, he's like, faggoty ripper! Like, he's running at the guy. Does, <laughs> That's it his catchphrase? Like that. Yeah, like, he's, oh. like, announcing himself. I'm like, Faggoty okay. ripper here! Faggoty ripper! Um, it's like, the voice is seriously like, It's like this really lousy voice. It's probably not that, but I don't... No, I, don't, I hope not. I don't remember. It, the, I like, know the voice reminded me a lot too. of Robert Englund. Like, it was a very sort of stereotypical horror voice. Right, I guess what I'm getting at here is having him talk, like, right the first time we see him was a big mistake, too. Mm-hmm. Because um, it's instantly less scary to know he has this super dumb voice, which the explanation for it later on is even dumber. Um, but this movie's full of great lines that aren't supposed to be funny, but really are. Like Craven has no clue what he's doing as far as writing, um, and, and like especially like the last, the, like the final third of this movie comes, it's like incomprehensible, right? It makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. Craven's like talking circles, then he'll suddenly go in this whole different direction. He's like, now this is what really happened in the movie. You're like, what? And Ryan, there's great lines in this movie. I, someone pretty much says, and I think I'm almost not even paraphrasing here, they pretty much say, no one likes dying, I think is an exact line from this movie. It probably is. There's a, a really, um, you know, a stereotypical self-righteous Christian character uh, who is way, way over the top to the point where she was the one who made me think, maybe I'm, maybe this is supposed to be a comedy. Like, maybe, maybe I'm not getting it. Um, because her character was so over the top, uh, what he thinks and teenager completely blood. pulled out of like some kind of like comic book or something. But um, the, the, my favorite of those moments was um, when this guy gets a dramatic phone call. And he's like, "Brittany, are you okay? I'm so sorry. I was, uh, I was a weirdo. Oh, Brittany, I hope you're okay." And then instead <laughs> of why are you answering Brittany? Sorry, go and instead of Brittany, let me explain. Instead of Brittany answering Logan, we hear like a you know, this isn't Brittany or something like that. It's, and he kind of waits for a second. And he's like, could you put Brittany on? <laughs> yeah, <right. I> love <laughs> it's it. like, now this might oh, actually man. really be a comedy, now, but no, it's not think, funny enough for that. I think he's the character that ends up dying where all we see is like blood getting splattered on his shoes. Mm-hmm. Like this, That's a good example of the kind of deaths that we don't see in this movie. I mean, it's like nothing happens. Yeah. Nobody um, really gets ripped so much. It, it's Yeah, exactly. It's, it's R-rated too. It's supposed to be R-rated in 3D. Both of those things don't deliver in any way. Um, now, Ryan, you and I put the nail, the final nail in Craven's coffin a long time ago, I think. Sure. Um, back when we did our rape show, as it's now affectionately known. I don't think I affectionately know it that way, but all right. Oh, I rape it twice a night. Uh, we uh, reviewed uh, Last Toss on the Left, by the way, if you want to go back. Yes. Um, I don't remember which one it's called, but you can find it by the reviews. Um, it's And this is only the second podcast we've ever done. Uh, second podcast show, but you know, on both of them, I think we've we found the time to really just tear tear into Wes Craven. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. And you know, if you really want to like spend an evening learning to hate Wes Craven, go rent Cursed, or um, oh man, Cursed was terrible. Um, 
Oh, there's. I could pretty much just rec- recommend any Wes Craven. I mean, we're a little bit weird in terms of horror fans. I think we both consider ourselves horror fans, uh, but we don't like Wes we're Craven, like uh, Romero, uh, Romero, John Tony Carpenter Burks that enough. much. And he's okay. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. If anything, like Carpenter is one of the, like the masters of horror, quote unquote. That I kind of stand at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of these I guess people have done like one good movie, but yeah, yeah, right, right, and that's what I think. I don't, I don't know. I feel like they're just a name and nothing else. And I don't know how it's gotten pushed as far as it has. But listen, I think, Ryan, if anything, this is the one movie that I think serious horror fans are going to look at and say, okay, Wes Craven, why did I ever like this guy? Yeah. Like, if he ever had it, then he lost it. And he might he might have had it for half of a movie, Ryan. Mm-hmm. That's me being serious here. I think um, maybe the first Nightmare on Elm Street might have been it for him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean... Shocker, the... Kurt, Shocker any of those two? Wait, Bill Shocker? Serpent the Rainbow. If you want some Bill Pullman thrown in just for fun, I do. Um, <laughs> hold on, look. Let me get let me get pen and paper here. <laughs> Serpent and Rainbow. Bill Pullman. Um, Serpent on a Rainbow. Bill Pullman. With Bill Pullman, which he also made. Yeah, him and Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> uh, their, is just their parody of Serpent and a Rainbow. Yeah, <laughs> directed by Wes Craven. <laughs> um, no, no, no. He Ryan. I I I've declared this I think on the show before. Um, it might actually be the last episode. I'm I'm seriously just marking people off my. Uh, if this is film school, Ryan, I'm learning who's not good in class, right? Uh-huh, right. Um, and I think I've told you before in the show about uh, Inside Man, where we mark Spike Lee off officially. Right. I believe Wes you... Craven's now marked off officially, right? Unless I I want to like riff on a film with you or someone else. That's the only time I'm ever gonna watch a Wes Craven movie again. Now you've also um, written off uh, uh, Tim Burton at this point, right? No, 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 no. I, I, I think I said in that episode that I seriously believe Tim Burton does have a comeback somewhere in him. Okay. It's good days. No, no, I, I can't imagine writing off Tim Burton. You've written off Hemnight Shemullion. Yes. Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah, he's gone. Right, right. He's off. He's... Well, now that we're about halfway through this whole thing, uh, we should probably actually quickly mention the plot of this movie just to, to get that out of the way. Um, the, just in a very basic it's way. It's got a bug, Ryan. What else do you need to know about? That's not a bad name. Maybe that's, you know. Pretty... <laughs> okay. Was that his actual name, by the way? No, no. They called him by his real name. His mom did. Um, uh, But anyway, uh, so just to get this out of the way really quick, basically seven kids, right? Um, They were all born on the night that a notorious murderer was killed. And the uh, every year since they were quote-unquote able, it doesn't really tell you how long this has been going on at all, they've... um, They've had this, this ritual where they get together and like beat up a puppet of the Ripper, and that signifies that they are awesomer than him. Um, funny that like Faggoty Ripper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's funny that these seven kids, who of course because of the nature of movies are all from different social like groups, and you know are all their own little stereotype. Whatever get together. Small. Yeah, uh, whatever get together for any reason. Um, but we immediately learn that. Bug, who is our protagonist, who's like the introverted, innocent one, um, is the most is like the biggest pussy in film history yes. because he can't beat up the puppet Ryan. of the Ripper. He's just too afraid of the Ripper, Logan, to beat up this thing on a broomstick. Right. I wanted to follow the blind black kid. Yeah, who has no problem kid. running through the woods at exactly high speeds. Exactly right. Now, if they would have made him gay, then we would have had a great character. He climbs into people's windows. Yes. He does everything. I don't know how he does it. I mean, frankly, he's... he's he, did you say he didn't quite need to be blind himself apart, I think. Maybe but. he was gay. You don't know. <laughs> well, you've just added a whole other layer to this movie yeah, now. Yeah, now he could be president. Wait, didn't we say that um, the little deaf kid from... Uh, uh, 
uh, the orphan should be president because yes. he was so empowered. Same yes, thing. Right. Same deal. Same deal. Um, anyway, so the seven kids, and of course, uh, this year is different because Bug didn't beat up the puppet, so maybe the Ripper will come back. Um, but he didn't really get a chance because Bleach showed up. That's true. It wasn't really his fault. I blame Bleach. But the big thing is like, okay, so now what direction is this movie going? Is it like, because the trailers will tell you like, one of these kids is the soul of the Ripper. Like, they specifically said that. About an hour, an hour and 15 minutes in, I was like, well, we haven't gotten to that. So I guess that was just bad marketing. Like, we haven't, nothing has come close to questioning that. Um, no, we got to learn about the, the high school society, Ryan. Yeah, that was all of it. It was like, who's, you know, not sleeping with who? Um, but if then, only it was that interesting. Yeah. And then he does a school project on a crow or something. And then they keep referencing mm. the crow like it's important, but they never actually imbue it with any actual... Forgot about how stupid that was, too. Okay, yeah. Uh, oh, and we get to see little weird things where, like, Bug, if he's around somebody, one of the other seven people, he becomes that person for a second. Like, he starts saying things they've said, or, like, he's able to oh, have, like... Oh, yeah, and we get, we get the great Lord of the Rings, like, Gollum scenes, too, where he's sitting on a rock by himself, and yeah. he's, like, talking in a little girl's voice for no reason whatsoever. Right. Um, you know, he, he gets, like, some of their qualities and things. No explanation, really, for that. Um, then, all that stuff goes away. There's, like, a brief mention of, like, a crow or something. And they keep bringing it up, but they don't really do anything with it. And then at the very end of the movie, suddenly this whole crow, condor, spirits thing is ah. suddenly important. And they like have this long, cocky, overdrawn scene about, wait a minute, maybe one of us is, it, is the person. And like, yes. really forced in mythology that they didn't even play, like, play out at all. I'm wondering if like, Craven shot all these even longer scenes of them trying to like investigate this whole idea of like this spirit concept that they just completely cut because the movie was already long and dumb enough well that last like the third act takes place like he wanted he ripped off his own film which he didn't write he ripped off scream in a way where it's like here's this house and people are going to come in and out of windows um, which is exactly from the first scream film um, who may or may not be important it's all like oh where were you and why weren't you here when this was happening etc and it's so incredibly boring. A lot of it's over the top. And it's like, I heard you fighting downstairs, so I hid in a closet upstairs, and I went out the window to check for help. Right. It's um, really stupid stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, structure-wise, uh, this, is, this is a terrible film because it's, it spends all of its time building these characters, not building them up, but just, like, random scenes of interactions with these characters that will never matter. And then there's seven of them. Well, that 99% of them get killed before they even contribute to the story at all. Exactly. It's really right. a story about two people. And, yeah, they're um, like, which of these two is it? Yeah, and, and the and others were just care. window dressing. Right. And then when you find out who it is, it's like, I actually thought there was going to be another twist. I thought, it's not, it's neither of these people. It couldn't be. Hmm. Uh, and then you find out uh, who it is, and it's like, everything that come before it doesn't make any sense at right. all. Uh, I guess I, I think it really is seriously incomprehensible. Like, I, I feel like Craven didn't even know what he was talking about at that mm-hmm. point. Um, I, Ryan, I seriously do not know how this movie got made, let alone made it into theaters. In well, I guess I, I do know, and it's, it's Craven. I feel like the 3D is important here in a way because it really it was their only selling point. I seriously feel like he's like, here, this is my movie. I'm Wes Craven, by the way. This is my movie. Uh, do with it what you will. I'm, I'm Wes Craven. I gotta catch a cat. Uh, yeah, well, uh, uh, this movie's terrible, Mr. Craven. Don't you want to come back and fix it? I mean, it's, it's no, not- he's in he's in his cab. He's left. Oh. Um, okay, put it in 3D. We'll sell it. And that's exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like, the one selling point of this movie, and that's why I kind of figured you wouldn't, you couldn't find it in 2D. Um, then you said it was. Anyway, yeah. Ryan, this movie's absolutely terrible. It's terrible, Ryan. Um, it's very funny though. 
It's got that going for it. And you will find yourself having a good time laughing with it. Right. Uh, just to play, like, to get more into that, though, like, the, the just long, overdrawn, overdramatic things. And the the other great funny aspect of it is that uh, Bug is, like, played up as super innocent. Like, his character is just, like, really would never, you know, touch a fly. Like, really could never. He's very timid, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's like, it's not just like, oh, he's a timid, innocent character. It's like, he is dumber than a box of hammers. Like, everything he does and says, he is the most confused. Like, like someone will say something very dramatic to him that's like, oh, now I understand the entire plot. And he's like, well, but what, wait, what? And he has to, like, he doesn't really <laughs> get everyone. it at all. And someone has to, like, explain it again to him. Uh-huh. It, it's, it's, it's great. Uh, it's a great movie to watch with friends. Well, Ryan, what got you, what got you through this movie? Um... The heart pounding 3D. I was closer than I ever <laughs> yes. been. What seriously made you get through this movie? Were you just kind of like, did it become a comedy to you after a while? And just kind of laughing your way through it? Oh, I did laugh out loud. Yeah, there was so the, the one I put Britney on was probably my biggest laugh out loud yes. <laughs> right. moment. That's when uh, I was like, I, Ryan, I'll appreciate this. Yeah, um, but uh, just like any of the like anything of the parts that were supposed to be very dramatic and intense uh, were pretty hilarious. Well, Ryan, this is a. Um, a bit that if we spend some time on it, we could work into the show in a creative and funny way, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But it's us. We're not going to spend any time. No. Um, something that got me through this movie. Before I went into this movie, I was sitting there reading this magazine. I read an excerpt from the upcoming uh, book by Michael Caine. This is his autobiography, right? <laughs> Wait, and it's my him. soul to take is his autobiography? No, no, no. no. This is, I was reading an excerpt from uh-huh. it right, before I went into the theater. Tim talking about his life in Hollywood. It's, it's, there's some, it was one of the funny bits. He's actually mentioning Jaws 4 and whatnot. Sure. <laughs> Why he wouldn't have done Jaws 5 if it came his way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just funny hearing him talking about these bad movies he was in and, and why he his, he did them, his choices were made. Well, so halfway through my solo take, I started thinking, you know, what can Michael Caine bring to this movie? <laughs> um, because Michael Caine, in a way, Ryan, is a lot like Chevy Chase. Like, the worst Michael Caine movie you still want to keep watching because you want to see what he's going to do with it, you know? Because uh-huh. um, he's someone who's above this, it's obvious. And so he's going to try and bring something to the role no matter what. Mm-hmm. Very Chevy Chase. Um, and so I, honestly, like, I, so I started putting Michael Caine in the scenes, and it got a lot better. <laughs> uh, so I kind of, so I think a new segment on the show whenever we see a terrible movie, and you and I can put more thoughts to this in the future, but I'm just pitching it right now, should, should be what Michael Caine do in this movie. Well, you have to give at least one example of how Michael Caine would have made this movie. Uh, well, uh, just in my head, I, you know, at first I put in older Michael Caine, uh, think along the lines of uh, Children of Men, I guess. Uh-huh. The guy, guy sitting in the hut that they would go to at one point in my solo take. And they'd be like, what's going on? And of course, he's like smoking pot and getting all high. Um, and then right before he could solve the whole riddle, like the feds show up, of course, just like it. Children of Man. Right. Um, but I, that, you know, that didn't quite work out for me. So I went to 70s hardcore, like Get Carter. And um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of another hardcore, uh, like maybe even the Italian job, right. Michael Caine. Right. Who was a lot better in this movie. If Chris Files, every, Michael Caine? Yes, yes. Every t- Exactly, right. Every time um, uh, the Ripper showed up, Hardcore Michael Caine showed up and talked him into submission and then shot him in the head. <laughs> and it was a much better movie, let me tell you. What about, um, uh, was it Idle, what was that movie, Idle Hands? Not Idle Hands, the movie, but what was it? Michael Caine was in an, was in a I Don't Have Control of My Hands movie, but it wasn't Idle Hands. Oh, this sounds awesome. Totally Netflix. Hold on, wait. Whatever. I have to know what this is right now because I, this, it's, a, it's a really great, terrible movie. And he has the best Afro in film history. <laughs> Possibly in that movie. Hey, critical, and uh, we do love our Michael Caine. We have to admit. Yeah. Um, I'm totally gonna buy this book, by the way, because it seemed very funny and it was—it's was like heartwarming. I think Ryan's the best way to say it. 
Uh, Michael Caine scene is very innocent, too, because he's talking about how when he came to Hollywood, he never touched drugs, even though everyone else was trying to get him to do it, because um, he was very afraid of what it would do to him, and he felt like it would ruin his acting career. Right. Um, very funny stuff in this excerpt I read from the book. Uh, it's called The Hand. Okay. <laughs> Boring. Yeah, you should totally does he, watch it. At the end, does he just shoot the hand in the face? It might be the case. I don't remember it. I have seen it. Um, it's wait, 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 wait. Oliver Stone wrote the screenplay. Wait, is this, this oh is an God. Oliver Stone movie? What? How's this not, how's this not universally known? Am I looking oh. at the wrong thing? John Lansdale. John Lansdale is a comic book artist who loses his right hand in a car accident. <laughs> what year is this? Eighty-one. Wow. Okay. The I'm... Oliver Stone. Yes. <laughs> it's Oliver B. Stone. Yeah. Uh, the hand was not found at the scene of the accident, but it soon returns by itself to follow John around and murder those who anger him. Oh my, this is awesome. I, that was an Oliver Stone movie? We have oh, to do this for the show. I was, about to, I, I was about to say the exact same thing. And then after we watch that movie, we'll put Michael Caine back in it. We'll be like, what would Michael Caine do in this movie? John Voight, Kristen, Christopher Walken, and Dustin Hoffman all declined the role before he cast. What was he thinking? Yes. No, Ryan, from, this, from what I read, there's a lot of what was he thinking moments from Michael Caine. And mostly no, uh, it has Stone. to do with taxes. Oh, taxes, really? Yeah, like, he's like, oh, these taxes are due? I'll do whichever movie someone wants me to right now. That's awesome. It's, yeah, it's some pretty awesome stuff. He's the Willie Nelson of... <laughs> yes, he is. Um, and he apparently wrote a book already, a sort of autobiography, um, in like the mid-90s, because he thought his career was over then, but then he had this career revival. And the saddest thing about him being in Jaws of Revenge... Uh, the mm-hmm. one with the ghost jaw shark, by the way, in case you forgot. Right. Is that he missed the year's Oscars that he won. Really? Um, he actually won that year, and he missed it. Wait, what did he win for? I don't know, but it was the first Oscar, and then he's won one, one, one recently, too, because he's like, oh, but I, now I, I don't think it's that big of a deal, because I ended up uh, being there when I won my second one. Right, right. Um, then he goes into talking about the Oscars, which is really funny, because he talks about how uh, he's watching the Oscars with his wife, and he's like, who are these Who are these young kids on TV? I have no clue who these people are. How are they famous? And she's like, oh, they're the kids from some vampire movie. And I'm thinking Oscars vampire movies. It's probably the Twilight cast, because they were there this last year. Right. right. Um, and he's like, I'd never make it these days. I'm ugly. Um, <laughs> it was kind of funny. Um, That's awesome. But anyway, yes. Yeah, so if you go see my solo take, insert Michael Caine to the movie, that'll help out. Um, also, just look for the obvious humor that's hard to avoid in this movie, too. Yeah, I mean, um, you don't really need to humor this movie up too much. In the end, Ryan, um, I think as a bad film that you can enjoy like with a few laughs, maybe, uh, it's one I come out with with like a two. I know that sounds mean. Um, <laughs> stick with me, because I'm about to get meaner. Um, however, after leaving this film and just looking back at it at a, as a film, I have no choice but to give this film a one, Ryan. Yeah. I feel there is nothing at all redeeming in it. It should never have been made. And the fact that they charged me the four bucks extra for 3D is just outrageous. Um, uh I uh, I'm totally with you. I I went with it too. Yeah. So yeah, it, there we it, it's, are. I mean, it really is funny to watch, but it's an insult it, that you would ever think I'd want to watch this. It's an insult that you think I'd want to pay to see this in theaters, paying the extra 3D too. I don't know. That just blows my mind. Like, I can see myself Netflixing this because I'm curious to like what Wes Craven's up to these days. Oh, he's making some straight to DVD thing. Okay, I'll Netflix this. But yeah. the fact that this made it into theaters, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Yet my movie about Michael Caine's never made it into theaters. <laughs> He did not want to do Jaws. No one understands. <laughs> I wanted to do a show about how Michael Caine wouldn't do my movie. <laughs> so Michael Caine shows up and shoots my Michael Caine in the face. <laughs> Meanwhile, I found a really great blog article all about hand movies where hands come to life. And <laughs> That's porn. Even though that this is a totally audio podcast here. Oh, am I supposed to click on this? Yeah. <laughs> 
BP1blogger.com. Wait, should I not read the address? Eh, who cares? <laughs> it's huge! Whatever <laughs> Michael Caine with an afro. This is Michael Caine and Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight as yeah. uh, the Joker, actually. Wow. Oh, man. All right. Goodness. We have to do this for the show. It's like The Fly 3 without Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. This is nuts. Uh, Ooh, well, that's, that's enough seeing stuff for tonight. Um, please don't send me any more links, Ryan. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, if you are interested in hand movies or movies about a hand, or you just need a hand, uh, make sure to come check us out at critical-end.com. Uh, we uh, talk about movies there, and you can find the podcast there. Uh, check us out on right. iTunes as well. Wait, 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 before you move on, mm-hmm. let me, let me uh, step back here. Right? Oh. Say, you know, we're in the future. And we've changed, Ryan. It's best, you know, when you reach a certain point to change. All things must pass. Um, that's why you should also visit us at criticalend.com, too. Oh, did I say dash? Yeah, we don't need that oh, dash. Oh, my gosh, no. Forget about the that dash. That dash is the roadblock to our happiness, Ryan. You're just putting it back up again. What? Is it really? Didn't yes, realize. Michael Caine was there. He shot that roadblock in the face. Wow, all right. Uh, well, as long as Michael Caine is shooting things in the face, uh, then forget that dash. It's criticalend.com, kids. Um, also look up stuff on iTunes, Critical End, yes, and uh, give us a review. We're still um, working out exactly how to honor those who won the Lo- uh, Logan Rocks the Jukebox contest on iTunes. I haven't forgotten about you. No, so we'll be getting in touch I'm with you. I'm thinking we need to throw some sort of big party with Jukebox, and everyone actually gets me to rock it. Now, would you rock it physically, or would it be like the Fonz, where you like snap your fingers? and? That's going to be the surprise of the night, so we just got to try and get everyone there first, mm-hmm. and then we'll see where things go. Got it. Uh, orgy, by the way. Twist ending. Um, I also check us out on Twitter. We're at Critical End. And, yes. Um, and Facebook. Facebook's a thing, too. Right. So anyway, uh, that's pretty much all we got for you today, kids. Anything here's else, Logan? Like, no, here's a quick follow-up. Oh. He's kind of talking about Facebook anyway. Have you actually heard anyone refer to the social network as a social network, or only as the Facebook movie? No, no. I, people say the social network. I've yet to hear anyone actually call it the social network. Really? I've also yet to talk to anyone who's ever seen it, either. Really? It's one that I keep telling people to see, too. Um, but I guess they don't listen to me. I've talked to... You're right, mostly people who are just uh, interested in seeing it. I've talked to a few people who have seen it. and they, I've never, I haven't heard anybody say anything bad about it yet. Yeah, yeah, same here. Yeah. That's anyway. our fault. We should, we should do it more often. We're just like, well, how did the last show affect your life? <laughs> <laughs> Michael Cade found me and shot me in the face. Ever since I said I didn't completely hate the box, everyone won't talk to me. It's... Uh, <laughs> That's still brought up here. My girlfriend still brings that up. Like, how, how did Ryan like the box? First and, like, of all, the, I didn't like it. I just didn't hate it like you did as much. And to, uh, to drive her even more crazy, every time we're out and about and I see a copy of the box, I'm like, you want me to buy the... Here's the box. Like, I act like, you know, she wants it. <laughs> That's how and bad then, it was that, she, that you, like, torture her with it? Yeah, to take it a bit further, I actually buy her copies and hide them around the house. So she finds them and screams. <laughs> I'm like, oh, she found the box. <laughs> But she screams for hours on end, and you're like, look, it's <laughs> stopped being funny a while ago. Oh, man, yeah, and then she, she moved out three weeks ago. I should have mentioned that, too. Yeah, well, I always suspected. Anyway, uh, the box was another thing that we reviewed, just in case you're a bit behind. Um, I think that made my worst of that year, but not the worst. Speaking of worst of, this will make the worst, Ryan. This may actually be, it's going to be hard to top of one, I think. Yeah. Um, I haven't had a two from you in a long time, either, so this is kind of exciting for me. We should go out and celebrate. What yeah, do you feel we- like? Oh, I feel like tacos. Tacos? Yeah, yeah. Is that like celebration food? Oh, I was talking about an orgy. I'm sorry. I meant orgy. Oh, do you confuse tacos and orgies again? I do. You and you keep going to Taco Bell, and you're like, where are the orgies? Anyway, I can this- get hot meat. 
Orgy Bell! That's all I want. Orgy Bell. Orgy Bell is down the street, sir. <laughs> yes! <laughs> they are also open all night. And they have a thing called Fourth Meal, but don't order it. <laughs> don't order Fourth Meal. Oh, man, Ron, I went to, uh, I ate, if you eat too many tacos, you get taco neck. Well, if you have too many orgies, you get orgy neck. Talk <laughs> plenty when you're older. Logan, I'm going to say this with full confidence. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> All right. I'll this explain. is the follow-up to our 69 opening right here. <laughs> no, so the 69 opening, let me explain, is you, well. <laughs> so, yeah, the preggers thing, you get back to me about that? Yeah. You fade uh, out and explain to me how that could work. Yeah, well, it, it's kind of similar to the thing that I was telling you earlier about the, the stuff with the guy. Ah, I don't care. Taking notes.